With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is Seth Green, and you are listening to Somewhere in Vegas with Mark, and I am so hot, I would desperately like a glass of water. Please, please, give me some water. This is Cindy Preston, and I'm with Mark on Somewhere in Vegas. Hi, this is Melissa Peterman from CMT's The Singing Bee and the television show Reba, and I have to tell you, I just have to get it off my chest, I love Somewhere in Vegas with Mark. Hi there. This is Faith Roscoe from General Hospital. We're listening to Mark on Somewhere in Vegas. And you better watch out. We know how to find you if you're not listening. Hi, this is Shannon Egan from Whippet. And I love Somewhere in Vegas with Mark. Hey, this is Lee Allen Baker with Somewhere in Vegas. Talking with Mark with a Q. This is Courtney Cronin. You're listening to Somewhere in Vegas with your host, Mark. And I would make sure to listen every week because he's a sure bet. Hey, this is the Money Man. Eddie Money, I've got two tickets to Paradise in this. You know what? It's somewhere in Vegas. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Hi, this is Crystal Kale, and I love Somewhere in Vegas with Mark. Hi, this is Terry Nunn from Berlin, and you're listening to Mark Somewhere in Vegas. Hi, this is Mirka Laurie from Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. There are three flowers in a vase, and I'm listening to Somewhere in Vegas with Mark. Hi, this is Erin Hill, and you are listening to Mark on Blog Talk Radio and Somewhere in Vegas. Mark is a great guy. Hi, this is Sean Pulaski. I'm still trying to figure out Mark Pico's sexuality, but I know you're listening to Somewhere Live in Vegas. Here you go, Mark. I, I'm sorry. I thought you were he, she. I'm sorry. Get out of the tent. Let's get out of here. Hey, this is Lance and Anna from Free Radio. And Anna? And you're listening to Somewhere in Vegas. Yes. My favorite... My favorite. You know, that's, that's usually what happens with me. I go to Vegas and I get lost, and so I end up somewhere in Vegas. Somewhere in Vegas. But right. I just don't know where it is. Not quite sure. Yeah, word. Get ready. It's going to be hot. It's in Vegas. Check out Mark. Be there or be square. Welcome, everybody, to Somewhere in Vegas here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Mark the Q. I'm your host today. And uh, hopefully in just a few minutes we're going to have comedian uh, Monique... Marvez on. She's, um, you know, she's currently going to be over at the, I believe, the Brad Garrett. Yeah, she's over at the Brad Garrett Comedy Club this week. Um, actually, she's on her way into town as we speak. Um, we're going to be talking to her a little bit about that um, and her career because it's very interesting to see that she's actually uh, uh, Miami-based. Com- well, she was originally a Miami-based comic, and that's what kind of a first for the show. I think most of our comics have either come from L.A. or Seattle or 
or Chicago or New York or even Boston. We have yet to have a Miami Comic Con here, so we're going to be very interested to be able to talk to uh, Monique when she gets on the line as well. Her book's currently out right now. I'm not skinny enough. Blonde is out on the uh, Amazon right now, so definitely check that out as well. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little music here, um, and we'll have Monique on in just a few minutes. Greetings, fanboys and geek girls. Roll that 18-sided die. We're going to embark on a master quest. Okay, we're on with Monique right now. Um, how's everything going, Monique? I can't complain a bit. It's only 98 degrees in the desert. I was I was expecting to crack the 100. <laughs> well, at least it's a dry heat versus Miami. Excuse me? At least it's a dry heat, unlike Miami. Exactly. It is a dry heat, um, and we don't have those giant cockroaches. When you step on them, your foot keeps going for 10 feet. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're pretty much, pretty much, uh, not very many cockroaches out in the middle of the desert. There's nothing out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> well, well, well. First of all, um, it's been kind of an interesting situation because you, um, I think you're the first comic I've had on the show that has been that was originally from Miami, um, which yeah. I think is a very interesting, uh, very interesting scene, uh, and when it turns to comedy. Tell us a little bit about your start. Well, I actually didn't start in. I started in comedy clubs per se. I started in a club called Coconuts that doesn't exist anymore um, and, and jumped over to the improvs, etc. But South Beach was such a happening scene that I, I felt like I wanted to be part of that. So I actually started more in, you know, the coffee houses and cabarets and gay bars of South Beach uh, were really where I got my start as opposed to traditional, you know, three comedian comedy clubs. Now, um, you know, that is kind of an interesting situation because, you know, um, people that are in New York you'll have a little bit more of the hardcore fans that are, you know, a little bit harder to kind of work. And uh, the L.A. is a little bit more, I don't want to say shallower, but they're a little bit different audience as well. Um, very then, different. Yeah, very different. And then Miami, I think, would be a very interesting audience. And, and considering that you where you've started out um, at some of the cabarets and all that as well, it must have been a pretty interesting experience to kind of learn the ropes, uh, ropes there. For each city, it's different. I hadn't played New York that much until recently. I, I pretty much started in the East Coast and migrated west. I kind of captured the Midwest, Chicago, Louisville, Cincinnati, Cleveland. I ended up doing radio in Indianapolis for a couple of years on my way over, and then, you know, L.A. And when I went back to New York after Latin Divas kind of put me on the radar for New York, New York was not that dissimilar from Miami. I, I was I felt more like I was going back to my roots as opposed to starting something new and different. Well, that's that's what they say about Florida is, is that once you once you hit maybe uh, 
about a third of the way uh, down, uh, third of the way, third of the way south in uh, Florida, then you're going back north again. Um, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with that. I, I lived in, in Southwest Florida for a while, and yeah, I mean, you see a lot of people from Boston and New York and all that as well. So you get to see, you know, you get to see some of those crowds out there. So very interesting kind of, uh, um, I guess, uh, cross section of uh, Americana down there. Well, I, I like an eclectic crowd. I like when you have, you know, a mom, a dad, you know, you have you have old folks, you have gay people, straight people, maybe a couple of people you're not sure what sex they are, you're just trying to discern from their clothing, you know. That, that's what I, I like. When you look out in the audience and you have at least two or three here's Pat, that's a good audience. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, that's why Vegas is such a great town, because it's such an eclectic audience. Uh, I love Vegas. I love Vegas. It is the bomb. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, you you're, you're, uh, you went out touring with the uh, the Hot Tamales, uh, you know, for a while too. And what was it like uh, being on tour with with the gals on that tour? Well, the, the Hot Tamales, we did, you know, hit each show. It wasn't a tour. It was like one day they'd call and say, "Hey, we're going to the Copacabana in New York," and I'd be like, "What?" Like, we would get the best gigs out of the blue, and we would have so much fun. Of course, when we played the Copa was when Eva was still doing sketches, Eva Longoria. So this was the early 2000s before Desperate Housewives. And that particular trip was just, you know, I mean, you're at the Copa. My grandparents had gone there on dates. You know, if you're Hispanic and you're East Coast, some some part of your life touched some part of the Copacabana. So... You know, we we just would get these sort of storied gigs and um, and and really enjoy them. And and again, being you know a Latina female, when you know that your audience has come out not only to see that but to support it, it's it's very exciting. I mean, do do you see that you know that we're getting a lot more more Latina uh, female comedians out there now? I mean, it seemed like there was a um, I think there was a huge boom in the late '90s, early early uh, millennium that. Um, we're seeing a lot more female comics and a lot of diverse yes. female comics. Yes, yes. And that was what Hot Tamales was about because we didn't just have Latinas. We had Asians. We had Dominicans. We had, I mean, we had everybody. And it was really about diversity in, in female comedy. And, and comedy, really, we just happened to be women. But diversity in comedy. And I've been blessed that, you know, I also do a group called Pretty Funny Women. And it's, you know, again, it's, one of the things I really love is that women could be funny and have their power. We used to have to be self-effacing. We had to be make fun of ourselves, and a lot of female comedians were, you know, playing up being unattractive. Some of them were unattractive. They would make themselves look bad. Or I know a woman who wears a fat suit, you know. And, and now you see the Chelsea Handlers and the Sarah Silvermans of the world, that they come right out and say, I'm, I'm young, I'm pretty, I'm... I'm hot and I'm smart and funny, and they can all go together. Yeah, and I'm very familiar with the pretty funny women. I I covered one of their shows a couple of years ago, and uh, Lisa is an absolute absolute uh, doll. Um, really great. Yes, she is. I've done a lot of shows with Lisa Sunset, and she's a class act. She is, and I mean a bunch of the gals that work with her as well. I've had had comedians that have done the pretty funny women shows, and it's really great great to have. Something like that that kind of um, helps sculpt the uh, new class of uh, new class of uh, female comedians, because um, yeah, because we want more. We want to see more female comedians in the next generation go go at it. So, 
Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, you, you started out in Miami, and then you you did all these radio gigs as well. As, I mean, were, were um, you know, was that something that that you know you were thinking that you would ever do, uh, doing some of these radio? No. at all. I mean, I love radio, but I was always a guest. I never thought, you know, it's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I never thought I'd actually get hired. At my first radio job, I was literally plucked off a stage in Indianapolis and handed a six-figure job. Who says no? You know, when you're a road comic and you've been crisscrossing the country and somebody offered you stability and comfort and kindness because they were like, we're not even telling you to be any different than you are. We just want you to be funny here every day. I was like, I I can do this. This is this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there are there are um, you know there are um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, there are um, there are good things about that, and there's bad things about that. Uh, the good things sure. is that you know you're obviously making you're making a secondary job, but it, there isn't very much instant gratification like you do over on stage. I mean, if you're a comedian, absolutely, absolutely, so. you're you're 100 percent right. Uh, the good news is that my show was a hybrid of talk and music, and I did get to you know have a lot of phone interaction, so I could kind of tell if a bit was going well because the phone lines would light up and they'd let me go through that, which was cool. Um, but that being said, you know, it, it was it was a different it was a different era. I mean, that was I was in radio. I started in radio ten years well nine years ago, and even before the internet became what it is now, um, radio was a lot more fun. The internet has kind of knocked radio for a loop, and it's still kind of trying to refine its feet. So radio now is very unfun. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cutbacks. I think that a lot of the stations are now doing a kind of a format where they just have a basically a computer, basically you know, pick songs, and we don't see the personalities on there as much anymore. And I think part of that too is satellite radio as well. Um, we're seeing You're a right. lot more uh, personalities on satellite radio versus terrestrial. So. Um, You're right. I'm really hoping that they kind of, you know, kind of, um, kind of get their feet again as well. Um, what was probably the, you know, did you get to interview a lot of people on your radio show up in Indianapolis? I did. I inter- and I did radio in San Diego, and I interviewed all of my favorite people. It sounds weird, but I had sort of a wish list, and you know, I got to interview Tom Jones and meet him, and I got, I got a kiss from him, which was pretty exciting. And uh, so yeah, I, you know, Tom Jones and. Bill Cosby, you know, legends of my childhood. You grow up thinking these people are legendary, and all of a sudden you've got them sitting in your studio on a stool two feet away from you. It's pretty exciting. Well, you mentioned Cosby. Who who else had – was there anybody else um, growing up that influenced you in comedy? You know, oddly enough, it wasn't about stand-up for me. It was about personality. You know, I, I, I used to watch Laughing with my dad, so – you know, I loved Carlin, of course, as the hippy dippy weatherman, and um, and I loved Carol Burnett. I mean, more than more than stand up, you know, I, I think Carol Burnett really had a lot to do because I would watch her show and I would see her cracking up with, you know, the co-host with Tim Conway and Lyle Wagner, and I'd say, what a great life! You go to work and you do sketches and you have fun with your friends. Like, how do you get that gig? That's a gig right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of fun because I've, I've talked to comedians before about the idea of, uh, you know, having, um, you know, um, the comedians have to have a little bit of improv in them, and improv sure. has to have a little bit of stand-up in them as well. So you just, yes. it, it really makes it kind of like you have to think on your feet a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah, speaking of which, a question I like to ask a lot of the comedians that come on the show is, um, have you ever bombed, and have you learned from that experience? Well, everybody's bombed, and, you know, I I, I haven't had any, like, legendary, like, crickets bombing, you know, like, crickets in the audience, and I think part of that is because I write so much. Um, I have a lot of material, so if they're not buying a chunk of material, I can immediately toss it aside and jump on something else. I mean, it's been years since I've had a hard set because I just, I write so much. I have hours and hours and hours of material to choose from. And what that taught me when it happened early in my career was, you know, you have to write because your quote-unquote act may not go over in every venue. And one of the things that I love about traveling as much as I do is the fact that I am very diverse and my act is very diverse and people can, you know, can get something when they come to my show, they can get a little piece of themselves in my act. They're like, oh, yeah, she's been to my town, or she's been divorced, or she, she's had issues with this situation or that situation. And that's the key to comedy is identification. The key to comedy is having your audience see themselves in you. And that comes with writing, with writing a lot and not making it be about you. A lot of comedians think it's about them. It's not about you. It's about the audience. Yeah, and and they can relate. You know, they can relate to what uh, the story that you have you have you've been one hundred percent. So yeah, and I mean that's the important thing too. It's 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 to be able to relate relate to a general audience, um, and then be able to adapt on stage. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah I, I think so too. And um, you know, I also talk. They also they also a lot of the comedians also talk about the idea of of storytelling in in their in their jokes and. I think that there right. is kind of a learning curve on that when it comes to some of the younger comedians. They'll do maybe, you know, one or two jokes, and then they'll start to get um, them lined up in a story, and once they get that story kind of down, then they become strong storytellers. Right. You're exactly 100% right. I was just telling somebody at brunch yesterday, I said, being a great comedian is about taking people on a trip with you. Every joke, every story has to have a beginning, a middle, and end. And it has to be exciting. People have to think at some point you're going to take a tight left turn and throw them out of the car, you know? Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, I want to mention your book, um, I, I'm Not Skinny, Not Blonde. Am I correct? That's the title. I want to make sure I got that right. Um, yes, it is Not Skinny, Not Blonde, and I haven't finished writing it. Right now I've got a, um, I've got a uh, one-woman show that's debuting on Showtime in September with Hispanic Heritage Month which is basically excerpts from the book, you know, the, the comedy bit that the book is based on. So, you know, hopefully everything will work in tandem. But right now uh, the, the, you're going to get the show before you get the book. But they're, all, they're both very funny. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously it comes from experiences that you've had on the road and, and with your family, I assume? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 um, say the last part again, the last word. Um, I said that it was. It, it's basically basically about about you on the road and and, and your you and your family. And I, I would assume uh, stories like that. Oh yeah. It's, well, look, I've been married three times. That that alone would fill an hour show, you know. <laughs> so I jokingly say that it. I, I I and I work a wide range of venues. I mean, I did the Snoop Dogg Bad Girls of Comedy, and then you know I just did a church show in Downey on Friday. So. I, the, the material is the material. I got a huge laugh at the Downey show on Friday by saying the first gang I ever joined was my family, and they thought that was hilarious because they understand if you're a Latina and your family is 
you know, middle class and from Miami or from L.A. or from New York. You know, your family's your family, and there's an omerta, and, you know, you act a certain way because you're a member of that family. Yeah, mi familia, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, just 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 uh, being able to um, you know go out on tour and do so many other other gigs out you know in different places as well. Uh, that's made you probably a, a lot tougher and a more adaptable comedian, I think. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, doing doing shows in the Midwest and doing shows like you know, like you said, a church show versus doing something that's a little bit more hardcore like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> um, right. So yeah. Um, what was probably, um, you know, was if there was one, is there a person yet that you have that you'd really love to um, meet in person? Wow, you know, there's so many people because I, I admire so many people. I think it, I know this sounds really goofy, but if I had to pick one person that I could have dinner with, I think it'd have to be J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author. There would be a lot of there would be a lot of actually a lot of middle aged women that would agree with you on that. <laughs> Um, I just feel that I, I feel that there's a there's a there's a thread of truth and authenticity and sincerity and yearning that runs through those books. It's so universal. And as a comedian, you know, again, it goes back to good storytelling and, and identification and relatability. And I think she's mastered it in a genre. You know, when you can get everybody from eight to eighty to fall madly in love with your work, that's a real feat. So I would absolutely love to sit and you know eat bangers and mash with her or something. I would, and kind of interesting that there wasn't any Latino Latino or wizards up at Hogwarts. <laughs> no, well we would have that discussion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you have to write what you know. You yeah, have to write exactly what you know, know. and yeah, and that's who she knew. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, um, you know, and she's she's you know she's one of those gals that kind of um, you know that you know she has a very interesting story just behind uh, yeah. the fact of how she was and she was on welfare and she was you know really a struggling yep. single mother and then finally she 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 got this idea to write these books and she got her book deal and now she's one of the most powerful women in the world. Um, yep. So yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's a very interesting story about that too. So yeah, very exactly. She could definitely be an honorary Latina, that's for sure. <laughs> that is, yeah, because Latinos are tough. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, you're going to be going up over to the Brad Garrett, which is the Brad Garrett Theater, just opened up, I think, within a month or so. Um, I'm it's quite new. Yeah, it's quite new. Have you have you you haven't been inside? You haven't been inside. I have. It's so lovely. Like I was there the opening weekend, and it's spectacularly wonderful and brad is a, a just one of the nicest men in the business i mean if if anything encourages you to be funny it's when you're appreciated and boy does brad appreciate the comics so it's going to be a great week i expect to pack the place out and have a ball it is a it is a quality it is a quality venue and it's a very quality um i think brad does a very great job of getting some very highly talented comedians in into the into the room and um, it's really growing a very huge reputation. It used to be, I think, over at the Flamingo, I think, and then he moved it at over the to trop. The, yeah, at the Trop. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, the new venue versus the old venue. There's no comparison. The new venue is over the top gorgeous. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I think it's I think it's, it's, it's very vested. I think he's very vested into the club. And yes, it's yes. Been, and I think he's actually performing this week with you, right? Um, I don't know if he's going to stop in, but I do know that one of my dear friends from L.A., Fraser Smith, is going to be there, and he is beyond hilarious. 
Yeah, I want to mention uh, we got you got the Showtime special coming up uh, coming up in September. Anything else coming up for you? Um, just be on the lookout for Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I'm writing the stage show of that, and um, and that's going to be touring with Emory Entertainment, the same people that brought you Defending the Caveman and Blue Man Group and Donnie and Marie. So these people know what they're doing, and they've tapped me to write this show, and I'm going to do my best to write a hilarious show about men and women. And believe me, I don't think it's going to be that hard. Um, is it going to be? Is it going to be here in Vegas? It's going to tour. It may end up in Vegas, but it's going to tour nationally for a while. Well, it'll be interesting because you know some of those touring, the, the, some of those things that you just mentioned are are you know regular production shows uh, here in Vegas. So I'm very interested. Exactly. To see if, it does, if it does catch on, um, as well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. Do you? Um, I mean, do you watch a lot of television at all? Um, I do, but I watch TV like other people go to school. I don't really watch it just for entertainment. I, I'm all about the writing. So I watch a handful of shows. I watch Boardwalk Empire. I watch um, Game of Thrones. I watch Mad Men. I watch Justified. Um, I recently watched all of The Wire on HBO Go because I didn't watch it when it was on in real time. And uh, and I now want to start watching Breaking Bad and Dexter uh, in you know quickly and getting up to speed. All those, um, all those are dramas. I noticed you didn't mention any comedy whatsoever. Um, because comedy is you know comedy is tragedy plus time, and good writing is good writing. And usually, unfortunately, other than Thirty Rock and you know, of course, Louis C.K. is a genius. But other than than Louis and uh, and these shows just kind of are in my peripheral. I do watch Louie. I do watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I do watch, um, the only thing I DVR is 30 Rock and, uh, uh, of course, Modern Family, which is probably the best written comedy we have right now. Yeah, I mean, do you watch Sons of Anarchy at all? Do I watch what? Sons of Anarchy at all. No, but I actually, funny thing you should say that, my best friend who happens to be a very respected television critic that is her favorite show, that and Breaking Bad and Homeland. She's like all up in my grill that I gotta watch these shows. But her favorite is, is Sons of Anarchy. She you know, she thinks that show's genius. What what's her name, by the way? Her name's April McIntyre and she's oh. with Monsters and Critics. Yeah, I know Monsters I know who April is. <laughs> April is my best friend since since high school. Yeah, I'm very familiar with, with with April from Monsters and Critics. I'm I'm very familiar with her. She actually uh um, sometimes drops by a friend of mine's show here on the network um, and uh, Sean Daly's show. So um, yeah, yeah, she's so I'm a great very... writer, and yeah, so you know April. She yeah. loves Sons of Anarchy. She gives them love all the time. Yeah, very strongly written show. So I, I tend to agree with her on that. Uh, I'll take a watch. I will watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. I want to mention. Um, are you on Twitter at all? I am indeed, Monique Marvez. It's my name, and I'm on Facebook. My name, Monique Marvez. Very easy to find. Yeah, make sure you check it out. I know I know you have a website, but it looks like it hasn't been updated for a while. So. No, it's quite lame. Don't go there. Go to my Facebook page. Go to her Facebook page and, and, and check out her, check her out there. So make sure you guys check her out Thanks. there. Um, and um, also also want to mention, I, I think I have one last question for you before we, we get you sure. off. Is that? It's kind of weird, weird, weird this, this question came up because I should have asked you this earlier. Um, were you, were you, how were you in high school? Were you a, ver- a funny gal in high school? Or? No. no, no, I was, I was, I was um, you know, I guess it would depend on, on who you asked. Uh, but I was, I was 
always sort of the Pied Piper. I was always, I wasn't popular like the pretty girls or the cheerleaders, but I was always blessed to have sort of a, a following, you know, a group of friends that were like, hey, what are we doing this weekend? So I've always been a little bit of the Pied Piper. <laughs> well, very interesting scenario there. So um, I really look forward to, you know, hopefully I'll be able to make it out to the to the Brad Garrett this weekend to be able to Please. watch you perform. Um Thanks. And, um, you know, it's a pleasure, absolutely pleasure uh, having you on. Maybe we'll get you on, hopefully, a little bit closer to the time that special comes out this fall. And uh, I would love that. Yeah, best of luck to you. And I hope the uh, Women from uh, Women Are From Venus, Men Are From Mars show uh, really works out for you. So far, so good. Fingers crossed. And come on out to the, come on out to the show. I, I would love to meet you, and I think you'll enjoy the material. Well, thanks a lot, Marnique, for taking some time out. The pleasure was mine. Take care of yourself. You Bye. too. Bye. That was Monique Marvez, everybody. You guys can check her out on Facebook and on Twitter at Mar- Monique Marvez. Um, I want to let you guys, let you guys know um, I don't have next week booked yet, but you guys can check out um, VegasPodcasting.com. That's VegasPodcasting.com, and you guys can check out what's going on on the show. Plus, you can uh, catch up with some of the comedians we had. We had Rondell Sheridan on last week, which is a very interesting interview. Uh, Rondell was a, a staple of uh, Disney television for quite a while, and we talked a lot about his career uh, pre and post uh, Disney, so definitely check that out as well. Um, yeah, like I said, I'll let you guys know what's going on next week. I'm working on a couple of things, so hopefully we're going to have a really solid guest coming on next week. Um, so like I said, go to uh, VegasPodcasting.com. That is our website for Somewhere in Vegas, and uh, you guys can check that out as well. Um, we have about a minute and a half left. Um, like I said, oh, follow us on Twitter at SWIV, at SWIV, and you can also follow us on Facebook somewhere in Vegas. Um, definitely check that out as well. And there are a bunch of other shows here on uh, Vlog Talk you guys got to check out. Um, Sean Daly has several shows out. I think he has um, um, a television show. I forget what the name of the show is off the top of my head. I also want to mention that the, my friends over at the VRO, um, they're always doing a lot. They, they seem to do shows like two or three or four times a week um, with different hosts. So definitely check out the VRO, um, Variety Radio uh, Online, I believe is the thing for it. So if you guys go to www.thevro.com, you guys can check them out as well. They're really good friends of mine. You guys got to check their, their show as well. Um, like I said, we'll be back next week, uh, Monday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, um, like I said, we'll have an announcement on VegasPodcasting.com on who our next guest will be uh, for next week. So just give me a couple of days, and I'll have that up and running. And like I said, you guys can check out the old shows on there as well. There's plenty of guests that you may have missed out on that you may want to listen to. Also, want to mention that we're on iTunes. So if you guys go to the iTunes store and and um, and subscribe to somewhere in Vegas on iTunes, you'll be able to get the show every single week. So definitely check that out as well. We'll see you guys next week, Monday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you then.